Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're here listening to the Church on the Rock Leadership Podcast. My name is Heath Watts and I have the honor and privilege of serving this church as a lead pastor. Here at Church on the Rock, we are passionate about leadership growth and we are blessed with an amazing team of leaders. Each week our staff comes together and one of those leaders brings an encouraging word on biblical leadership. We believe and pray that this podcast will help you grow in your leadership journey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, stay connected, and know when new episodes drop. Thanks for being a part of this. Now let's get started. Wow. Well, thank you guys. It's an awesome privilege and a pleasure at the same time, although I am as nervous as heck. So um, I want to take this time uh, if just to kind of go ahead and greet everybody. I want to I say this, too, for everyone that's here, but also if you're listening, I believe that every time we get here, we come together, that the principles that we talk about are not just for church staff alone, but they're principles of leadership that I believe that go across the board for everyone who is in some type of leadership position, whether it be an organization, your job, whatever the, 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 the situation may be. And as I begin to think about today, what we talked about, or what we're going to talk about, I kind of felt last week, as I was talking with Pastor Heath, I wanted to kind of change it up a little bit. I'm glad that the, the Lord and the Holy Spirit just began to move in my heart as Pastor Page shared um, about some things, and, and it's just became very personable for me. And so I want to share these with you. As I began to go and, and to study a little bit more about what it is I felt the Lord wanted me to talk about, I wanted to kind of just, if I could highlight what I believe or what I've found also as well, um, are qualities of a leader that you're going to find if you go to study some of these things. The first one that I came across was vision. And it's somebody that can actually learn how to project vision for a group of people or for folks. Or you have a vision for your home. You have a vision for your ministry. You have a vision for your business. Also, another quality of a leader or a good leader is someone who inspires, someone who brings aspiration, somebody who can speak to a group of people and they're willing to follow that person. Another one is strategic and critical thinking. Another one is authenticity of self-awareness. Another one I came across was open-mindedness and creativity. And this is, this is really, really cool, I think, because it just kind of gives us this blanket generalization of, of, of what a good quality is. But it also comes to this part of flexibility. And I think right here at Church on the Rock, if there's anything that we do know about when it comes to leadership is flexibility. The other and the, the, the last thing I'm just going to mention here today, because there are many things, but I wanted to point these out, responsibility and dependability. One of the things I was very shocked about as I went to, to study some and to, to try to pull in some more things to just kind of just think on and meditate on is I didn't come across one specific word that I was looking for. And then actually, I, there was only one spot, but I had to go in. It wasn't one of the top 10 qualities of a leader. And so I thought it was very interesting, and it was the word integrity. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about integrity. The simple truth is that leaders who have integrity are leaders who learn, who know how to lead by example. 
Sometimes I believe what we do is we highlight in organizations, we highlight in ministries, people who are gifted, they're talented, and we always lift up. And what we do is promote talent a lot of times. But when we promote talent and we promote just gifting and the person doesn't have integrity or character, it's hard for them to be stable. It's hard for them to... to, to to lead with that standard or that quality of example because the truth be told, you have to have a good quality. You have to have a good example for people to follow. Nobody wants to follow a poor example. As a matter of fact, that's the thing we know. That's a poor example. I know what not to do. But here's what Paul said. Paul said, follow me as I, what, follow Christ. He followed. He had a good example for people to follow, to come. And here's what integrity is. Integrity is steadfast adherence to a strict moral or ethic code. When you combine character and integrity, here's what you get. Character is one's moral and ethical code. Integrity means that one lives according to that code. Okay, so someone who lives with integrity lives according to their moral values. It's like what Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. You know, you'll see that the tree, you, you, if you see the fruit or if someone is, is not bearing the fruit, then you're gonna know what kind of tree or somebody has a specific fruit. When you see the fruit, you'll know what the tree is. Integrity is consistent. It's not when I feel like it or when it's comfortable or even when um, everyone is around. It's always persistent, committed unwavering integrity is loyal. But today, I don't wanna just talk to you about integrity, I wanna talk to you about growing in integrity. Because I believe that as seasons come and go in our lives as leaders, that there are things and experiences that could either take us one way or the other, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit's, uh, his heart and his desire that we grow through the experiences we have. Some people that you find with high levels of integrity are people who actually been through some stuff. Can I get an amen? You know, those are the people. They have proven that I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthened. That's the type of leadership. That is the type of uh, example that you want to follow. And today, I want to just, if I can, uh, just, I want to talk to you a little bit about Paul and Peter. This is a story that I came across several, several times over the years. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit can't lead me back to this. And we find this portion of Scripture in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. 11 through 18. We know that Peter had a revelation in the book of Acts. And that revelation was basically this. He saw that it was fitting that there would be no walls between he, him himself and Gentiles or Jews and Gentiles and that he would take the time then to bring this gospel message, this truth, this reality of who Jesus Christ was to the Gentiles and bring salvation to their homes. And so there was, no, there was not gonna be any separation. God had given him this dream and he wakes up and all of a sudden he begins to change the way he saw all things. There's the way he began to see people, and he knew that we saw from then on, Peter would literally hang out and minister to Gentiles. It wasn't just to the Jewish people. But in Galatians chapter 2, we see this interaction between Peter and Paul. Verse 11 says this, when Peter visited Antioch, he caused the believers to stumble over his behavior. Mind you, this is Paul writing this, okay? So Paul is having to testify of this encounter. He says, Peter caused believers to stumble over his behavior. So I confronted him to his face. P 
Paul was ghetto, I promise you. He wasn't gonna back down. Verse 12, he says, he enjoyed eating with the Gentiles, believers who didn't keep the Jewish customs, up until the time Jacob's Jewish friends arrived from Jerusalem. When he saw them, he withdrew from his Gentile friends, fearing how it would look to them if he ate with Gentile believers. So here's Peter. He's being confronted with this circumstance and this situation. And we know that Peter was a man of integrity, but for some reason, we find him struggling at this moment, this time. And there was a level that Peter wasn't willing to go beyond. He says, I've got to shut this down here. We're not exactly sure what he feared, We're not exactly, because as you go through this scripture and you study all this, we don't know exactly why he backed down, but for some reason, we find Peter now is becoming a sometiming Christian. It's what he said he believed. God gave him this vision, and he was strong about this vision, and he began to minister love on the Gentiles and bring them in, close friends, and people he was eating with, but then all of a sudden, we see it in this encounter. Peter started having some of his Jewish homies coming around, and he realizes, I've got to now ostracize myself, or I've got to distance myself from these types of people so that these people somehow, I'm accepted, I don't know, or they're not going to reject me, whatever the case may be. We find him at this place, and here's what Paul says. I had to get into Peter's face. I had to remind him, bro, know who you are. Know who you serve. Look, and of course, that's the new Joshua International version there, so I'm paraphrasing. Verse 13 says, and so because Peter's hypocrisy, many other Jewish believers followed suit. So with this man, Peter's leading And he's leading astray from the vision. He's leading astray from his conviction, from the the integrity that he was showing at one point. And he's leading now in a way that's now leading other people away from the Gentiles as well. Think about that. Because your integrity will either lead people to Jesus or the lack of integrity will lead people astray. Because leaders, again, can't just be people who are talented and gifted. Leaders have to lead by example. Amen? So when I realized that they were acting inconsistently, this is Paul, with the revelation of the gospel, I confronted Peter in front of everybody. Peter, Paul says, I ain't backing down. You were born a Jew, but you've chosen to disregard Jewish regulations and live like a Gentile. Why then do you force Gentiles to conform to the same rules? Paul had confronted Peter, and Peter had failed when he faced a new set of circumstances with a new form of temptation. Even though Peter had learned the principle that Jews and Gentiles are all one in Christ, he chose to live contrary to the principle when put under pressure. We cannot know for, uh, for, for you know, the exact reason why he did this, but we know that it took someone like Paul to confront Peter. And not only to confront him, but to confront him with a fresh experience of the forgiveness of God and the attitude of diligence to press on in his Christian walk. God has every one of us on a journey, right? On this journey, it's, it's a journey to transform our entire lives from how we are at our initial salvation to a life marked by Christian maturity. In other words, growth. 
We're all called to grow, to, to progress in the kingdom. Amen? From faith to faith, from glory to glory. When we get saved, God then initiates, we get this, this, this ability now to be able to sense and hear the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just want to grow us in our giftings and grow us in our call. He wants to grow us in our integrity because everything about us is either going to bring people to Christ or repel people from Christ. We're in a, living in a day, in, in, in a season of, of, of Christianity where we're watching and seeing all the time. We're reading all these articles and seeing on the news men and women of God who are set at this high level of popularity and somehow their giftings are, they're gifted. Their giftings can take them to the top but they have no character and integrity to keep them there. And the problem with this is that it's turning people off. And here's what Paul is telling Peter. Get it straight. You're going to, you're going to shift in such a way that people are shifting with you. People are going to lose sight of what's most important. It's not about leading people to you. It's about leading people to Jesus. But if you're a poor example, they have nothing to follow. At least you don't want them to follow a poor example. By his grace, God works in us through seasons of our lives. In successes, listen to this, he, he works in us and through us in successes and failures teaching us crucial lessons about ourselves and about himself, conforming us to the image of his son. I pray that every one of us in this room, I, I believe, and if you're listening, that you are a person of integrity. But here's what you have to understand. God wants to grow us in that. Because where we were yesterday, that's not necessarily where we need to be today. Where we are today is not necessarily where we need to be a week, a month, a year from now because God's growing us in these areas and he's going to use all of the experiences. He's going to use all the failures and all the letdowns and all the, cel the, the celebrations. All those are going to be a part of your growth and integrity and it's who you are. When people see you, think about this. When people see you, what are they seeing? What type of, what level of, of priority do you have when it comes to growing in your integrity on a daily basis? Do you have, what level of leadership are we bringing? Because it's, it's, yes, we've got to know how to lead. But you've got to learn how to lead by that example first and foremost. As a leader, we must remain alert to the temptations that play into our weaknesses. Here's what Paul says, that, that we cannot, that we are not unaware of the enemy's schemes. What I love about that is as you go on and you read, actually you go into 1 Peter, you go into 2 Peter, we see that Peter got a clue. Peter didn't stay where he was at. Now, he, he had a moment, right? He failed in a moment, but he also had a moment from Paul to be able to get some insight. And we see as Peter began to write in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, his whole attitude had changed. And he realized something through the experience he had. He said, be alert in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The Passion Translation says it this way. Here's what Peter says. He says, be well balanced and always 
alert. Never think that you are the, at the arrived place. This is what Paul says. I'm not at the arrived place. He knows that I, there's still more growth needing to go. One thing he was assured of was his salvation, his love for God. He says, because I am persuaded in the book of Romans. Nothing can separate me. And he uses all those examples. But Paul knew that even in his own life that he was never at that place where he could attain and say, I'm there. I'm at that level of maturity where I don't need to grow anymore. Every one of us needs to continue to grow. Peter experienced this in Galatia and realized, or in, in, in Galatia, he realizes, man, I've got some growing to do. And one of the revelations that comes out, he, he expresses it in the book that he writes, and he says, be of sober mind, your enemy. And that's what he does. The enemy comes to try to seek whom he may devour. But if we're consistently growing in our integrity, what we're doing is now we're applying those characteristics of Christ that give us the power, that truth that comes in us, the truth that we know and experience that becomes the way of us to be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will what? set you free. The word there, know, is not just knowing in your mind. It comes from the, the, the Greek word, gonosko, which also in Latin is konosko, which means I know, I have an experience with. It's when you have an experience with the truth. That's what sets you free. It's not just having truth here in your mind. How many of you know Christians who can memorize scripture? How many of you know people, some of the meanest people I know are Bible quoting folks? <laughs> Come on, somebody. It's not just having this in your mind, but having an experience with that, being alert. When you're alert now, when you have that realization, the revelation, when the enemy comes in, automatically we see it, we know it. And God, listen, is the one who gives us that truth, gives us the ability to move beyond those situations and circumstances. As believers, or as leaders and believers as leaders, we need to experience grace in Christ when we fail. That's what I love about Peter in this situation. And we can be down on Peter sometimes, but he learned from it. I love that. We've got to learn from our failures. That's part of your growth and integrity. Never admitting you're wrong, hear me, this is revelation. Never admitting you're wrong is wrong. <laughs> I hope you remember that. Lead well, but you've got to learn to lead yourself well as well. And learn that when you do fail, it's not the end of something. It's only the beginning of something if you let what you failed at be a learning experience. The third thing is this. Maintain the attitude of a diligent learner. Never stop learning. That's how you grow in integrity, always constantly knowing that you're not at the right place, that you don't know everything. Look at someone right now and say, you don't know everything. You know, you're not lying to them. You're just speaking truth. This is reality. So that we got to learn, be learners, so that the Lord may continue to mold us into his image for the rest of our lives. We will be growing and learning, learning and growing for the rest of our lives. And this is the last thing I'm gonna leave with you because this is a key factor for me in my life as a beginner. I guess I, I take this very personal because this is something I so desperately need in my life. We as believers, we as leaders need to allow people that we trust to hold us accountable. God didn't, lead, didn't call us to lead as 
like, like we're the Lone Ranger or Tonto, I mean Tonto. <laughs> he didn't call you to do this all by yourself. As a matter of fact, God is so faithful that he allows us to be, or people to be around us who can speak into our lives. I have a group of core people who I always fall back on, people that I trust, people that can come to me anytime they want, and they can point whatever they want out. Because what I've done is I've allowed them to speak into my life, even in those darkest moments, even in those hardest moments of my life. I have to, because I will never be at the arrived place. It's not that I'm grown, it's that I'm growing. Amen? It's not that we're grown, it's that we're growing. Maybe we're a little more mature than we were yesterday, but it's a process of growing. And I pray that the Holy Spirit is gonna help us because we are living in a day and age where people are tired of hypocrisy. They're tired of one thing coming out of people's mouths and leadership's mouths, or, and they're watching us. Listen, I'm sorry. You're thinking, well, I don't want people to watch me. Then get out of leadership. You're a leader. People are watching you. And people are going to, they're either going to benefit from you or they're not. They're either going to see qualities and characteristics of Jesus or they're just going to see you. And it's so important for us today that we gravitate to this because we're seeing meaning leaders, like I said, uh, with a lack of integrity. And it's not that they're not good people. That's not what we're saying at all. Because I'm not standing here judging any of us could fall. But the reality is that God has given us opportunity to hear something, to know something, to experience something in him that the process can only come in line of what he's doing if we allow him to do it. He wants to grow us in our integrity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we pray that, that everyone listening, everyone here today, including myself, Father, that we will never be satisfied with just where we're at. We're satisfied in you. Father, we love it. We are so appreciative of what it is that you're doing, but we know that you've called us to growth. We know, Father, that every day is an opportunity for us to be somewhere just a little bit further, higher, stronger, Father, than we were yesterday. And I believe this is one of the natural tendencies in the kingdom is for us as we walk with you, as we learn from you, we continue to be molded into the image of your dear son. And Father, as we grow in integrity, Father, and as we continue to add, as your word says, to, to our faith, goodness and to goodness, understanding, to understanding strength and self-control and to self-control, patience and endurance, to patience, endurance, add godliness, Father, and to that godliness, Father, we add mercy to all those around us. And Father, that mercy is added to our growth to help us to add unending love, your kind of love. May we grow. May we continue to grow. Father, we do not want to fall back on the perspective of old, of do as I say, not as I do. We want to stand in as leaders, Father, to say, follow us, follow me as I follow Christ, to be good examples. Help us to grow. And integrity, because ultimately, Father, the most important thing in a leader's life in the kingdom is that you are known and that we make you known. 
In Jesus' name, we love you and we honor you. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to our leadership podcast. If this podcast inspires you and helps you grow as a leader, help us and others out by liking, sharing, and subscribing to show your support and never miss an episode. Until next time, thank you for letting us be a part of your leadership journey.